Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Monsignor Charles Pope. He's the pastor of Holy Comforter, St. Cyprian, a vibrant parish community in Washington, D.C., a native of Chicago. He attended Mount St. Mary's Seminary and was ordained in 1989 and has been a pastor since 2000. Uh, he's also led Bible studies in the U.S. Congress and the White House in past years. Monsignor, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Washington, D.C., I'm sure there's been nothing going on there recently, right? Well, and I, I don't know if you'll hear them or not, but there's like dozens of helicopters flying overhead right now, and uh, the city is bar- barricaded from... Sixth Street West and all the way around the capital. So I'm I'm living kind of right now in something that looks more like Belfast or Mogadishu. Yeah, you're you're, you're ground zero, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you wrote a couple articles. Uh, you've written many articles that have been published in the National Catholic Register. But you know, you've written a couple recently. You know, the hard truths we've come to see with 2020 vision. And then five more hard truths we've come to see with 2020 Vision, really talking about uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, and kind of the reaction. The first article was kind of the reaction of the secular world. And then the second article was really the reaction of the church. Um, And unfortunately, neither one of the reactions were something that people can embrace and feel comfortable about. What kind of led you to say, hey, you know what? Let's look back to where we were so we can figure out how do we get out of this. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think at the heart of both sides of the equation, both in the secular world and in the church, has been an, a, a hyper um, experience of fear. I, I am astonished, really, I am astonished at the levels of fear that people have about coronavirus. Now, look. I want to say as a disclaimer, I almost died from coronavirus. I was in the hospital for, in the ICU for 11 days. But I have a very, you know, um, my, my own pulmonary issues are very pronounced. And uh, so it makes sense that I would end up in the ICU. I'm that 5% that end up in the ICU. Another 10% end up in the hospital for a few days. But nine, you know, overall, though, ninety percent of people survive coronavirus. It's more more of a minor cold or a kind of a flu, and it goes away, and they're done. And and it's astonishing to me the levels of fear that have utterly, utterly uh, collapsed us into this. Whatever the government says, I'll do. And even in the church, whatever the government says, we must follow. And so the priestly robes have replaced, been replaced by the, um, you might call them the, the you know, the, the, the lab, lab coats and, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. So I think that ultimately, um, we're, yeah, we're in trouble. And, and the main bugaboo for me really is fear. How many times did Jesus say, do not be afraid. A lot. And he, th- he was trying to convey a message to us, uh, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's, uh, you know, tyrannical governments, whatever it is, right? We have nothing to fear because mm-hmm. 
he's the way, the truth, and the life. All this other stuff are just distractions. Yeah, and again, that doesn't mean be imprudent, be foolish, be stupid. But it just means, look, you know, in life, you're going to suffer. You're going to get sick sometimes. You're going to sometimes get very sick. And then eventually you're going to die. But all these things have lost meaning, I think, for a secular world. Sickness and death have no meaning. And they're the complete disaster. And um, so I, I think that's kind of where we are as a culture. And so my biggest concern right now isn't even about coronavirus. It's where are we in kind of a gut check as a culture? You know, our ancestors went on into worlds filled with polio, uh, tuberculosis, terrible things. But they went out every day and they worked in terrible situations, coal mines, textile factories, you know. Yeah, slave you know. labor, child labor. I mean, people were, yeah, yeah, they just went out to try to make ends meet. And somehow, here we are. You know, we're their, we're their descendants. But at the end of the day, I think we've lost any sense of uh, heroism or you know the things that they did my goodness they they, they look like heroes compared to us yeah we look, we look we look like people you know ready you know to crawl in the corner and suck our thumb i mean you know corona i mean corona's yeah. real right we get it but the reaction it is, to it's yeah. been surreal yeah and i think that um we also have to i i and i don't, I don't want to be um what do you call it um conspiracy theory but, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure that the numbers, like 400,000 are saying now, I'm not entirely sure all those numbers are accurate. I think most people who have died from, quote, COVID have also, you know, they had other complexities like me. For example, I, I was 11 weeks, I mean, I'm sorry, 11 days in the ICU. And but but I have a long, long history going back to my childhood of pulmonary issues. And when something pulmonary hits me, it's going to max out. Right. And I'll eventually, I probably will eventually die from some pulmonary thing. Uh, but, 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 but I, I don't know. Is it, is that just COVID or is it, is it me? What do I need to do? Do I need to ask the whole world to go on hold? Everybody to shut their businesses, everybody to shut down and nobody can go to church. Nobody can receive sacraments so that I can stay healthy. I would never ask that. Never. Well, and you and were and you were there, right? I mean, you're laying in a hospital bed. I mean, you survived, right? It was yeah. it was touch and go. Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. how many people have died not receiving mm-hmm. the sacrament of the sick, right? Anointing mm-hmm. that were surrounded by nobody they knew, right? Family weren't around them. Didn't we do them a grave yeah. disservice? Yeah, you know, I will say this, and um, I was in complete isolation. Only nurses and doctors would come in with all their protective gear to see me. Even the even the chaplain couldn't come in and give me sacraments. I was completely, you know, and I don't blame. Look, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to blame the chaplain. He was a good fellow. He called me almost every day and said, "How you doing?" But he couldn't come in and give me sacraments because. The policy of the hospital was nobody goes in except those who are, you know. And I'm like, wow. You know, really? And so what you end up saying is that I, I guess my bodily 
existence is is more important than than my spiritual. Well, and we know and that's not I, true. Somewhere yeah. in the church, we lost our way. We yeah. lost our way. Do you think the hierarchy of the church would agree, uh, for the most part, because there's still some that are locked down. I have a son in El Paso, and he has to, uh, you know, luckily it's not far, but he has to drive to New Mexico to go to Mass because what's going on in El Paso is crazy. Um, but do you think the hierarchy of the church understands they made a mistake suspending public masses and locking the doors of churches in certain areas? Well, I hope so. Um, that's why I wrote the article I did at the uh, National Catholic Register. I think we have to say as a church, we learned some very painful lessons here. Um, now, I just recently you know, preached a retreat for over 25 bishops from the Midwest, and I think all of them are agreed. But I'm not sure that you've got other bishops. I'm not going to name names. Sure. Well, I, I but, know you don't uh, have all bishops, because, yeah, I can who, name names, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who don't who don't get it? Do you think they're they just out of touch? Go ahead. In the sense of you know the essential quality of the sacraments. If you don't eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, Jesus says, you have no life in you. Yeah, and we deprive people of the sacraments for four to five, six, seven months, and you say almost a year now. I mean. I, how can you do that? You know, I mean, you know, so I would just say that I think ultimately we have a, a very serious, you know, problem um, with some, not all, but some of our bishops and clergy who have decided that physical health is more important than spiritual health. Yeah, there the is going to die. Yeah, I mean, there is a credibility issue, right? There's no doubt about that. We are going to die. But shouldn't the church, you know, and I and I know this is where you're, you know, part of what you were talking about in the article, you know, the church is the gateway to that next life, right? I mean, we find the true meaning of life through the church. We find the meaning of eternal life through the church. It's almost like we shut that door because we were so afraid. I don't know if it's because we didn't believe it or we we're just afraid or we wanted, you know, we didn't want to look like we weren't uh, compassionate in the world. I'm not sure what the reason was, but whatever it was, it wasn't right. We took up the world's trepidation and made it our own. And instead of saying, well, look, suffering and death have meaning. But you see, in the modern world, suffering and death have no meaning, none. It's the worst thing in the world. Everything you, everything you have is gone if you die or suffer. And that's not, that is not the Christian tradition. So I would, I would basically say that I think that um, I agree with you entirely. And I would also add to that, that we didn't teach. We didn't say, look, um, do you understand if you do get COVID, you'll probably survive. You may suffer. But suffering produces glory. Suffering is not meaningless. So I spent 11 days in the ICU, but I prayed every day and I offered it every, I, I offered everything for my, for my parish and the people I love. Well, there's this thing now, called redemptive suffering, right? That, that we should be embracing, yeah. not, not uh, you know, hiding in our basements like it's a hurricane coming or a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, for, but, but for the, 
modern secular world, suffering is utterly meaningless. Mm-hmm. But instead of teaching, as we should have, we just cower down like the rest. Listen to the lab coats. Don't listen to the priests. Your, your you know, sacraments are not essential, but uh, whatever the lab coats tell you, that's essential. And it's a terrible, terrible, I think, um, you know, derogation of, a, of our own authority as, as, as priests and pastors and teachers, because ultimately your body is going to die. What the question is, what's the, con- what's the condition of your soul? Yeah. That's absolutely right. I mean, and, you know, before we get into, you know, how do we move forward, we really need to let people know, because I, I know people now who think, you know what, online masses are the greatest thing since cornflakes, and you know what, and you you talk about it in your article, look, you can't receive a sacrament via the computer. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, the word virtual has become kind of like, I mean, just kind of a synonym for online. But, you know, originally the word virtual meant sort of like, but not really. And um, so you can't, you can, you can look at mass, you can see other people, maybe receive communion, you can, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the picture shows you, but you can't get communion online and you can't get confession online. There's physical, we have these things called bodies. (laughs) <laughs> and we have got to schlep them, to use the old the Jewish term, schlep them over to the church to receive these things. And this idea that somehow virtual is just the same. Now, the governor of Virginia, for example, said, well, what, what are you Christians all worried about? You know, you can, you can do everything you do online. Why, why do you have to come to a building? Well, maybe Protestants, you know, their their services are mainly like, kind of glorified Bible studies, but our, our services are not that at all. You know, we, 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 uh, actually believe you have to be present to receive the host, to receive the sacrament. And, uh, we, we've, we've, um, we, we, we don't consign, you know, that is not our, our, that's not our understanding. So I'll just, you know, leave it at that. But I think that at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be a, uh, uh, you know, we were struggling a little bit in the in the in the uh, secular order with a, a kind of a Protestant understanding versus a Catholic understanding. But Catholic theology is incarnational. You got to show up to get it. Well, and and you know, we had the faithful who you know it, it feels like some in the hierarchy of the church were totally out of touch with the faithful. I mean, people would do anything just just to be in front of Jesus. I mean, there was pictures of people kneeling in front of locked doors at churches. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think they're just out of touch with the faithful? Do they, you know, do they just not care? Um, what do you think? Well, so I think some bishops, I think other bishops, you know, let's distinguish. I think some Yeah, yeah, not all. I'm just talking some, been. yeah. 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 And I think, for example, in my own diocese, I have to credit Cardinal Gregory. You know, he, he never told us, lock your church doors, uh, no confessions, you know, uh, absolutely no one can receive communion, I mean, uh, under any circumstances. We had a little flexibility, and so what I did as a, as a priest, like, I continued keeping the church doors open. I had adoration every day. 
I had, um, you know, um, people coming in to worship and adore. And during that time, I would often give them communion, you know, just, but mm-hmm. the main thing we wanted to avoid, I think, you know, in terms of the civil authorities, was big crowds who might, you know, spread the virus just simply by being cheek to jowl in a church. I get that. I, I understand that. But we could have been much more creative. And I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful that my own bishop, Cardinal Gregory, allowed us to kind of have a little bit of leeway in that. I still heard confessions. I must have, I mean, I was, gosh, because so many other parishes closed, but I was open for business. And I must have heard hundreds of confessions each week. I mean, it was just remarkable. And uh, just the fact that they knew that you can go to Holy Comfort, namely my parish, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, someone will be there to hear your confession. And we had cheesecloth, you know, that kind of stuff between the screens and, they were asked to wear a mask and we were, you know, but at the end of the day, we, we did the necessary protections, but we still celebrated the sacraments. And if somebody told me, Father, I've got to have communion, I'll say, you see me in the chapel, I'll be right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the faithful got it. Now, you know, a lot of people yet to be seen who will end up coming back. I, I doubt it'll oh, be the gosh. same crowd that, that was there to begin We're with. Some trouble. people are way too yeah. comfortable. How does the church, how does the hierarchy of the church, you know, kind of regain the high moral ground, right? To be that light that leads people through this darkness, how are they gonna how are they gonna make up for what's happened over the last year? We have got to teach the people of God that virtue is not real. And um, that there comes a moment now that the, you know, when we, just, you know, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know who gets to decide this, but um, when the plague is over, we've got to come back to church and um, we've got to start limiting these, um, you know, we call them, um, you know, where the, the masses are streamed live and all that stuff. Yeah. We've yeah. got to begin to limit that and um, say to them, that's only for those who are very sick and can't come to church. But you need to come back now. And they're going to have to teach forcefully about it. But I don't know that our bishops have that in their personality. Well, that's, I guess, yet to be seen. But they're going to have to get it in their personality, not only to yeah. the faithful, but to the government, right? You can't cave because the government tells you something because now they have this taste or this feeling of, you know what, we there are puppets. We can make them do whatever we yeah. want. And people are gonna have to stand up and it's gonna, you know, be litigation, maybe jail, whatever. But mm-hmm. don't you think at some point somebody's gonna have to take the bull by the horns and say, No, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree, but I would also say I want to give our you know our bishop some credit. I mm-hmm. mean, they have been in court and they have won every case. I don't know a single case they've lost. Yeah. Where, where the, well, I, I, I shouldn't say that, but ultimately at the federal level, sometimes they had to be, you know, appealed through, you know, state courts all the way to the Supreme Court. But at the end of the day, we have won because you see, at the end of the day, you can't just simply say that, well, look, uh, religious stuff is not essential. Protesting against racism, that's essential. You go out there you know, burn things where, you know, wear masks or not, you know, 
you know, that can't, that, you know, that's not, a, that's essential, but, but going to church services and praying, no, ultimately, ultimately, we have to understand that um, we have an essential thing. You know, if we don't receive our sacraments, we could die spiritually. Yeah, and, and the uh, and eternity's a long yeah. time, isn't it, Father? It is. It is. <laughs> and um, you know, so at the end of the day, I think to the degree. Let, 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 uh, for example, let's shout out the Minnesota bishops who fought their governor and said, we're ignoring you. We're opening our churches. We'll up the ante. We'll only take 20%. You said 30%. We'll take 20%. And we are going to open our churches. And by God, come after us. If you, if you, that, that was heroic. The Bishop of Brooklyn, who went to the, all the way to the Supreme court has paved the way for, you know, Catholic bishops throughout the country to say, look at that decision. And we were, you know, we must reopen our churches. And people's spiritual needs are as important as their bodily, you know, their bodily needs. Well, and I agree. I mean, I think, you know, we've had, you know, some some great victories. I think they should have happened sooner, but, you know, that's my own personal Mm -hmm. opinion. You know, but I think the teaching part's going to be critical. I ha- Look, I have relatives who think it's okay to go to Costco and run all around during the week, but you know what? I can't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to go to Mass because I might catch Corona. Because Mass is not essential. Right. That's, I mean, that's, you know, the uh, kind of the premise, right? You know, going to Costco, that's essential. I got to eat. I got to survive. I need food. I need whatever. But but people don't, even Catholics, they're not thinking, hey, you know, receiving the Eucharist, essential. Uh, Not necessarily. And this is, that's on us. Yeah, at some some point, don't, I mean, and I've seen it happen sporadically. I haven't seen a lot of it. But, you know, the the obligation to attend Mass needs to be reinstituted, you know, People need to know that how important this is, because as long as you say, eh, you know, it's OK, you know, you need to decide for yourself. We all know how people are generally going to decide, decide and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. We need to challenge more than just say, hey, you need to decide for yourself. We need to we need to, you know, say, well, well look, this, this is so essential. And Jesus said it that you can't just say, hey. You know, I'm 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 going to be, um, you know, you know, kind of blasé. I'll think, well, Eucharist might be nice, but uh, it's not essential. Nope, that's not what Jesus teaches. So the question is, how do we get people back? And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm very troubled. Before the plague, we had 21 percent of Catholics going to mass. That is disgraceful. Yeah. But now we have 8%. Yeah, who'd have thought 21% is a high watermark? Yeah. And so at some point, we need to finally, I, I think our bishops and priests, we need to say to the people, it is time for you to come home. The, uh, uh, the, the fear of getting something that might kill you is, is over, you know, and you, you just 
have to come home under pain of mortal sin. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in the end, one, it's true, but two, you have to you have to tell people what's going on, right? I mean, you mentioned it before, right? People are eating; they want to make sure their bodies are healthy. You know, we got we got gyms that have been open and different things. But good grief, if at the end your mortal soul is is a train wreck and your body looks really good, the end result's not going to be good. Yeah, they're going to bury you in a lovely coffin. You're going to look slim and trim and mighty healthy, but you're dead. Yeah. And your soul has gone to God. And the question is, where are you going to spend eternity? And nobody, like I say, if we, if we could get the alarm bells going about our mortal sins that we have about COVID, we would all be holy. Yeah, can you imagine going before the Lord and saying, yeah, you know, I didn't go to the sacraments, Lord, because I was afraid of getting sick. And, yeah. you know, they said it was okay. I mean, <laughs> there's no way he's going to say, yeah, you know what, I get it. You're you're right, right? Because you mentioned before, look, back in the history of the world, all kind of things happened. There were no shots. Yeah. I mean, you, you were lucky to yeah. even find a doctor if there even was one. But we act, yeah. you know, we're, we're a bunch of... Um, Namby Pams. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's a pretty good, you know, assumption. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to say, look, come on. Do you how what well, what's the condition of your body? And then what's the condition of your soul? Oh no. You know, and there's a lot of vagaries, but <laughs> you know, the bodily experiences I think are, are more real to people. And I get that. I mean, you know, we either have cancer or we don't. You know, it's pretty, right. it's pretty you know, objective. Where's the soul? But a lot of people assume that, well, my soul is fine. No, 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 no. You, 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 you ought not assume that. You, you're going to be surprised that your soul is not apt, you know, to be received into the kingdom of heaven. And, and nobody talks about that. Nobody. Bishops, priests. Deacon, mm -hmm. laity, parents, nobody talks about that. But by God, you could get sick and die. Yeah, it's crazy. That's I mean, physical. We're, That's physical. Yeah, yeah, we're down to the last about, you know, 10, 15 seconds. How can people follow what you're doing, Father, your blog, and where can they kind of follow your articles? Well, I, I write at blog.adw.org or another site, my Monsignor. Uh, msgrpope.com.